You're listening to Bloom in Tech with David Bloom. This podcast sponsored by Fabric Media in Venice, California. Hey everybody, it's David Bloom at Bloom in Tech. Thank you so much for joining me again. This last week I agreed to become a contributor to the Forbes network of writers. That means I'll be putting out some pieces pretty regularly every month on a variety of topics that are near and dear to my heart. As you would expect, much of that will be focused on media, entertainment, and the impact technology is having on both. Let me just read and talk about the subject of my first column, which ran on Friday, May 18th, and uh, I wrote that morning. Then we'll talk a little bit more in and around what I actually wrote. So here we go. While Hollywood fiddles with gigantism, Apple and Netflix burn it up. This week's frantic maneuvers between most of the CBS board and Sherry Redstone's national amusements remind that the owners of companies aren't always in command of that which they putatively control. More importantly, the week's court fights are yet another illustration that Hollywood's focus on gigantism has left the companies there distracted by M&A when they could be investing and building the new businesses they'll need to compete with the giant tech competitors transforming their industry. Simply put, Hollywood's biggest guns are fiddling and owed to oversizedness worthy of Nero. Meanwhile, the Visigoths of tech including Netflix, Amazon, Google, and Apple, continue to accrete customers, market share, and facility with popular new entertainment delivery platforms where traditional Hollywood holds no home court advantage. As I write this, Redstone's side says it successfully stalled the attempted coup by the CBS board to dilute the Redstone clan's longtime controlling interest. The CBS side believes otherwise. A Delaware judge will no doubt spend some time sorting it all out. As part of its case, CBS charges that Redstone's efforts to strong-arm a remerger of CBS and the limping Viacom, both of which Redstone controls, have been detrimental to CBS stockholders not named Redstone. As an example, CBS lawyers have pointed to Redstone comments they say scared off an acquisition overture from a third party, thought to be Verizon. Redstone wants to make her beholdings bigger to better compete. She's not alone in that, though... Clearly, CBS and probably Verizon have other thoughts on how she should get there. The gigantism push, manifested most clearly by AT&T's takeover of Time Warner, currently stalled by a Justice Department suit, and Disney's pending purchase of most of Fox, is driven by a desire to compete with the tech giants by being nearly as big as they are. Only by supersizing, the argument has gone Can traditional Hollywood hope to keep up with the world's most valuable company, that would be Apple, and its silicon-slickened compatriots from the North? What's been interesting to note, however, is that as merger maneuvers continue across Hollywood, the tech companies continue to grow and iterate and do deals with the brightest and best creators in town. As Hollywood plays M&A games, the new competition is playing the game for actual customers. Netflix, for instance, has recently done huge content deals with Prize, Disney, and Fox producers Shonda Rhimes and Ryan Murphy. Apple's been greenlighting seemingly everything Reese Witherspoon suggests. The market, meanwhile, now values Netflix at nearly as much, around $141 billion at Friday market open, as Disney at $154 billion. One can argue with the market's wisdom, as non-diversified Netflix keeps adding debt, while Disney has its paws in resorts, theme parks, pay TV channels, billion-dollar film franchises, 
a broadcast network, and even a new OTT channel for ESPN. But Disney's planned purchase of $52 billion worth of 21st Century Fox assets is on slow mode, too. First, that AT&T Time Warner Justice Department case needs to play out. Second, Comcast, also with a market cap of around $150 billion, has made a play for the Sky pay TV holdings in Europe that News Corp and Fox owner Rupert Murdoch has tried for years to buy. Comcast also reportedly has lined up $60 billion to pry away Fox's U.S. assets from Disney. It's possible Comcast just wants to get bigger while keeping Disney from getting way bigger. It's also possible that Comcast's various moves are designed to create leverage so it can grab majority control of Hulu away from a Disney-Fox merger and also expand its growth opportunities with the dominant pay TV provider in the very big European market. These would be useful consolation prizes that would fit nicely into a sensible larger strategy for Comcast. Regardless, the battles here promise to go on for months, absorbing the attention, capital, and energy of three big Hollywood companies' leaders at a crucial time. The same largely could be said about AT&T and Time Warner. Even if the deal goes through, the companies will spend the next couple of years sorting out what to do with each other. They'll also need to figure out how to pay for it all, even as AT&T spends many billions of dollars investing in 5G mobile networks that will drive its core business's growth. In the same fashion, even if Redstone ultimately wins and pushes through a CBS-Viacom merger, the resulting company will be distracted for months, saddled with Viacom's many legacy, and in many cases zombie, cable channels. It almost certainly would also be minus the much-admired Les Moonves as CEO. It's not clear how that positions the resulting company for long-term success. Meanwhile, Apple is closing in on a $1 trillion valuation, giving back $100 billion of its cash hoard as stock buybacks, while selling hordes of iPhones. Apple is, not incidentally, continuing to grow a services unit, which includes its video initiatives, that jumped 31% last quarter. As Tim Cook noted, were it a separate organization, that relatively small Apple unit would be the size of a Fortune 300 company. For some minor perspective, Viacom's last pitch to CBS in their unhappy merger talks valued itself at $14.7 billion. In the holiday quarter just passed, Apple had $20 billion in profit. In other words, Apple made 42% more in profit in a single quarter than even Viacom says that Viacom is worth. Netflix, of course, added 7.4 million subscribers last quarter, continuing to build a global brand and customer loyalty. It's piling up debt, a worthy concern indeed. But as the company pointed out, as it announced another $1.9 billion credit card recently, given its sky-high share price, that debt is far cheaper than issuing more equity. And however big the Netflix mount of debt, it's nothing compared to the loads Hollywood seems willing to shoulder as it tries to keep up. Whether that's the best use of investment capital, in an era when innovation, customer experience, and compelling programming are likely to be crucial is an entirely different question, and one Hollywood doesn't seem predisposed to ask. So that's my piece. You know, this era reminds me a lot of the mid-2000s in the newspaper industry. Some companies got out of the newspaper business completely, selling off to other chains that took on big debt. That seemed like a good idea at the time. It was an upbeat economy for a while there. And then in 2008, everything kind of hit a fan, and it was very difficult for those newspaper businesses, which already were structurally ill-suited for the changing technological times around them, to also carry those heavy loads and compete and survive. 
Several of them went bankrupt, like Times Mirror's Bayer Tribune Company and Media General, which bought the other big newspaper chain here in Southern California. And all of them struggled, laid off lots of people, and got smaller. I don't mean that that's necessarily going to happen in Hollywood, but if you're taking on lots of debt to get bigger at a time when technology is transforming your business, it could be a recipe for trouble. Bigger isn't always better, particularly when your competition is already big and are focused on being best. Anyway, that's all I got for you today. Thanks so much for listening. This has been David Bloom for Bloom in Tech, and I look forward to talking to you again soon. You've been listening to Bloom in Tech. I am your host, David Bloom. Thanks so much. And our podcast has been sponsored in this episode by Fabric Media in Venice, California. Take care, everyone.